John was like that guy in the middle of the movie who was smashing his face into a piles of cocaine <laughs> while I was watching a porno. Oh, you mean the demon monster or whatever? The Razorcock. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I dub him Razorcock. I have a lot of things to say about this movie. Not all, not all of them make sense, but you know what? Neither did vast portions of this movie. Dude. It's literally, I shit you not, my first, my first uh, note to this movie is, quote, metal opening. That's all it says. Just like fucking guitar riffs. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, it's like a bunch of Motley Crue t-shirts just hanging about. I was like, all right, I guess. Non-ironically worn yeah. tiger shirts. Yeah. yeah that fucking Nick Cage is wearing for like 30 minutes. I, know, I forgot about that. The tiny whiteies. He's packing. He's doing a lot better than the villain, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Hold My Popcorn, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm Max Healy out of Nashville, and with us in Boston, we have Tim Begin, fresh off his trip from Austria. Tim, how was the trip, and how you doing? Uh, the trip was amazing. Uh, Austria is a, a wonderful country filled with uh, wonderful people. I do have to say, I'm um, a little disappointed I didn't get to see a kangaroo. And uh, <laughs> the people, yeah, every time I ask the, the locals, they uh, they seem to get a little upset about the question. I I think they're just kind of being rude, hiding their kangaroos behind, <laughs> keeping them behind closed doors. Where's but, your dingoes? Uh, yeah, exactly. What? I'm going fi- to baby. I'm going to go back and I'm going to find me a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> You have to go back and find and fight a kangaroo. That's I will do that. <laughs> they can throw a punch. They can. And uh, we also, in Boston, we have Mike Preble, who was not in Europe, unfortunately, for, for Mr. Preble. But how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, despite not having met Russell Crowe. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I was in dreary, dreary Boston. There was like one day where it was like almost 60 degrees, and then it immediately plummeted back down to like 35, 40. Well, I mean, if Russell Crowe keeps on making the movies that he's doing, he might actually be your next door neighbor in that box. Dude, could you imagine me and Russell just getting into fights, <laughs> just doing doing a whole bunch doing a whole bunch of nothing? Just throwing just cell to phones tell- at people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just throwing cell phones, trying to tell everybody how great he was in Cinderella Man. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> dope. And Derek can't make it in again this week, so instead we brought back John Anoshack. How's it going, buddy? It's going fine. I'm here in sunny California. It is absolutely gorgeous outside since, uh, well, fire season hasn't started up yet, so that's good. <laughs> but uh, in preparation for talking about this movie, which is one of the most metal things I've ever seen in my fucking life, I've got my darkest dark black t-shirt on and some fuzzy slippers. <laughs> <laughs> Very appropriate. Well, for our last movie of our Nick Cage March of Madness we decided to step away from the Nick Cage blockbuster run of the 90s and instead stumble into the dark video-on-demand world where he currently resides as a VOD king in the 2018 psychedelic horror action film Mandy, directed by Panos Cosmatos. Let's got to say that's how it sounds, okay? And starring our man, Nicolas Cage. Like <laughs> it's Greek, actually. He's a, he's a Canadian Greek. <laughs> There's such a that's thing. A fake, that's a fake Greek. Okay. Matos. I think that's probably how you say it. I should know. I'm married to a Greek. But um, yeah, Nick Cage is in it. Andrea Riseborough and Linus Roach. So um, first off, this movie only came out six months ago. So good on us for finally doing a movie release this decade. Secondly, this movie is fucking disturbing and is clearly not for everyone. 
And third, don't worry if you haven't seen it because we'll fill you in. And after listening to this, you'll be able to have something to talk to uh, with that weird guy at work, which is, yeah. our, you know, in our case, it's me and John. Now, Max, I thought this was a kid's movie. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what you're getting at here. Two hours so in and no Mandy Moore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the most disappointing part. But, you know, but her, her cameo at the end really... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I kept waiting for the Come to my window I'll be home soon <laughs> song to start playing and Mandy Moore to just start frolicking through flowers. I kept waiting for that scene, but I was disappointed. Is that in a Mandy Moore movie? Because that's Melissa Etheridge that's saying that song. No, I know. I don't know. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, if, that, if that wasn't in a Mandy Moore movie, then... It's Fuck okay, me, Tim. Right? <laughs> I mean, you watch this movie, so your brain's probably scrambled. It's okay. Um, for the listeners, before you guys tune off, because you're like, this doesn't sound good, just know that Cage wields a battle axe, snorts coke, and has a crossbow named the Reaper. He makes the axe himself <laughs> just out of nowhere. That's awesome. We'll get to it. And he's a lumberjack. Yeah, in like, in maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> it's impressive. It's the most Very efficient impressive. blacksmithing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then chromes it out somehow, too. Yeah. Super shiny. And neon. Real high finish on that battle axe. (laughs) All right. So the first 70 minutes of this movie is pretty slow. Kind of seems like a roller coaster ride of just being on an acid trip, fall by taking a wrong turn, and we just start tripping too hard and start freaking out. Uh, But it starts off with these fuzzy, warm, colorful, surreal shots and cool throwback 80s synth music. Uh, Takes place in 1984. I believe it's in the Pacific Northwest with uh, Nick Cage as Red, a recovering alcoholic lumberjack who just looks like total dog shit throughout this entire movie. Like, the first thing that just kind of just threw me off, which was weird, was uh, the Shadow Mountains, like, Stranger Thing font that just popped up. Right. I was yeah. not expecting that. Yeah, no. It was... Yeah. I mean, I love that kind of shit, though, because it keeps oh, happening yeah. throughout the movie, and I'm like, all right, I like it. This is this is pretty cool. Was that supposed to be, like, a, a, a poem? Because it wasn't a poem. At the beginning? Yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that was the most metal part of it. It just sets the tone. <laughs> I'm going to just read it off right now and then give you a fun fact that I don't know if it's true or not. But anyways, but when I die, bury me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, put some headphones on my head and rock and roll me when I'm dead. So, brutal. first off, brutal, fucking metal. And yes, may or may not come from the final words of Douglas Roberts, a man convicted of kidnapping, robbery and murder in Texas and <laughs> executed in April 20th, uh, 2005. All right. Nice. I've been I've been swayed. I've been swayed. That was very metal. <laughs> this whole movie's just fucking metal. Um, How do we know he's a recovering alcoholic, Max? Because he turns down a beer in the helicopter. Oh, okay. And then he's and you always hide the bottle of vodka in the bathroom. Yep. Yes. That was, that yeah. was gonna say too. It was that part. I kind of picked up on the tenor of that when he yeah he did hide that bottle of vodka, but. Yeah. No further explicitly stated. I don't think it was explicitly. I think it was just kind of it's like just kind of looking at the character because he's like really sullen and kind of just really quiet and reserved. And she's clearly had some issues in the past, too. Well, then how am I supposed to know anything? <laughs> I need everything in movies explicitly stated. <laughs> Especially after all the movies we watch, they do explain it. So this is a little more tough. To <laughs> they, they really laid out in somewhat painstaking, you know, detail, excruciating detail. A lot of other movies. This one had a lot of a lot of subtext. I was yeah. I was like, I didn't realize it was one of them reading movies. I gotta think. I can about barely read. I can barely read text. How am I supposed <laughs> to read subtext? Where's the sergeant telling me that he's the best in the biz? You know, <laughs> I need someone out. telling me that. <laughs> I need to analyze this movie. <laughs> what? Yeah. So you meet Red's wife, Mandy. Um, 
that's just the pure definition of a plain Jane. And uh, for a while, you're just kind of watching this couple go through their reclusive life, which kind of feels like an Adult Swim commercial, just trippy as fuck with like galaxies swirling above their house and it's a bunch of surreal shots of nature and stuff while Mandy talks about her awful childhood and Nick Cage just kind of listens. It doesn't say much. Um, we're talking right before the show too about how pretty this movie is like as far as like the colors and everything. Um, especially like that water shot when he's on the boat, like all the water's super choppy. It just looks like a painting. I mean, I felt a little tingled down in my nether regions when I saw it. <laughs> Flashbacks are coming. <laughs> I cracked my neck the wrong way. Strap in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not again. Felt a little tingle down my nether regions when she started tell- talking about her dad teaching her some good life lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like dumping a bag of small animals and start hitting them with crowbars. <laughs> sure, why not? Oh, boy. You like birds? They're in a burlap sack. Let's right. beat them. I love that because I was like, I wonder if this is going to be a cliche or something coming up here, this whole story. Like, what is this thing is just going to be like that? Or is it going to have like some darker resonance? And I don't yeah. know. I don't know, gang. Boop, boop. I was like, okay. Well, there's certainly some tones. Like when Manny first stumbles across a dead fawn in the woods, uh, which according to my light Google search is a re- uh, representation of the loss of innocence. So there's me doing my, my homework. All right, Max. Yeah. Then she walks past a driving van of a cult called the Children of the New Dawn, headed by their Charles Manson-like cult leader, Jeremiah Sands. And again, this is one that title card came up for the Children of the New Dawn. I just said out loud, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) You know what I thought, though? These are upstanding people, and they're definitely definitely not up to no good. You know what I mean? They're definitely just going out there preaching the word. Especially when you keep calling everybody brother this and brother that. I was like, oh, okay. That's when you know it's good. I'll tell you what, I've, as someone who's been duped into multiple cults in his life, <laughs> these, these guys seem pretty tame. I didn't, I didn't really see too much, you know, I didn't really see too much in this. Well, especially with the, uh, the fat, like, Nazi state puff marshmallow man in the back of the Winnebago in their first shot. Like, oh, you oh mean, they're harmless. Oh, you mean Paco if you let his hair grow up? <laughs> I was going to say, just the kid from Bad Santa all grown up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it's is. like, holy think. shit, look at that thing. <laughs> it did have luscious curls though <laughs> I was just thinking too it's like is my video just buffering what the fuck is going on with this shot of Mandy because it just freezes on her for like 8 seconds while the music keeps on playing it's yeah really weird I paused my I paused my <laughs> when I was watching this I was like oh my I must be you know, I must be like trippy like it's just not working right and I was like oh nope nope no nope. it's just it's an artistic choice I guess this is just a movie that everyone's on acid okay yeah, okay. Um, yeah so then you are introduced to Jeremiah played by Linus Roach, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne's dad in the Chris Nolan Batman Begin movie. And uh, he is quite the character. Very small penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh, and we're not guessing about that, fans. We say it later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't be worried about that. We call this in the production business uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing or just saying what happens <laughs> or just telling you what happens later exactly. newsflash you see you guys cack this movie is a fucking like fever dream we can jump over all we can jump around all we want doesn't matter fuck structure um i know we have our disagreements on cage but i think we all agree that uh roach in this movie is he's great in it um he always plays like a dignified upper class gentleman and everything I see like he's either Thomas Wayne or the photographer husband in the crown show on Netflix or like the prosecutor in the last few seasons of law and order 
And then in this, he just has long blonde hair, just whips out his dick and just starts jerking off. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. He does play like, you know, like civilized people. Yeah. This is one hell of a way to get untypecast. That's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> why not? Do I still look like Thomas Wayne to you? It's just like feverishly just <laughs> trying to tr- try to get an erection. Ah, no, you don't. Stop it. Why won't you grow? <laughs> Anywho. He wants Mandy and summons one of his devotees, Brother Swan, to go get her. So he uses a sea conch or a piece of soap or whatever and summons a pack of demon bikers. Uh, So Brother Swan then feeds them a big jug of LSD while the demons say, Blood for blood. Which will come soon enough. The best part about that little, like, the horn that they're blowing, I was like, I think they're trying to summon Epona from Legend of Zelda. It was like the first thing I thought about. I was like, this is what this is. And then also, also they, they live by a place called Crystal Lake. If that's not a sign, do they really? That, yeah, that's well, awesome. Oh, they're up near Crystal Lake. I'm like, Jason. dude, if that if I ever live near a place called Crystal Lake, I'm preparing to get murdered. Oh by yeah, whatever supernatural thing. It's like, dude, start running, get the fuck out of here. You also live in the Shadow Mountains. It's like, <laughs> get the what the fuck? Take a hint, bounce. If you live in rural Pacific Northwest, you. There's a 95% chance you're gonna get murdered by a serial killer. <laughs> I think like every every like one in five people in the fucking Pacific Northwest is a is a serial murderer. I mean yep. that's just a fact. It is. That's just so, based on data. Yep. Yeah. I just have to rewind real quick to the uh, bar of like Irish Spring soap that was this horn. And when he <laughs> asks about it, do you have the horn of Abraxas? Like once again, <laughs> like, this what? movie was made by fucking metal nerds. They called it the horn of Abraxas. And then they call something the knife later. I didn't even write it down. I was like, whatever. It, it, was, out of, it was like the shadow. It was like the shadow knife the, or something crazy. The, or like the, the tainted knife of, knife of the something knight. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Metal. Metal, metal. Yeah, this sounds like the like the like the fantasy novel I tried to write when I was like twelve. It's like, <laughs> ah, the Shadow Mountains and hmm, what else? Abraxas. Great. Yes. Just like words I'm making up. I was like, oh, okay, great. When do I get to read this prowl? <laughs> oh, you gotta. I have to get it off of uh, 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 Windows ninety eight. So uh, it's gonna take gonna take me a little while. <laughs> okay. That or Word Perfect, but but it's coming, gang. I've <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Working on it steadily over the years. <laughs> Yeah, so the cult and demons show up at Red Mandy's house and Cage is knocked out while they kidnap Mandy from her bed in a super creepy nightmarish scene. What the fuck is <laughs> happening? Like, it was so creepy. Turned into a creepy nightclub. I don't understand the strobe light. Yeah. yeah. And the best part of this whole scene is just fucking the kid from... Fatty. Uh, yeah, Fatty just like <laughs> pushed up against the window and then taken away. You know what it made me think of? It's we, Cartman. Just, it's Cartman going, goodbye. <laughs> And he has his hand stretched out. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Must be released. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only um, like bad kill in this entire movie, too. It was very underwhelming. Everything else is just so over the top. That's we don't even know what happened happened to him. No. We don't know. Yeah. We don't we just know. never see him again. But yeah, I was gonna say we really maybe he went off to the land of milk and honey. We don't know. <laughs> or they <laughs> they milked him for honey. That's probably milk. more what happened. Ooh. Land of milk. <laughs> Bazinga Max. Hey, hey, That's hey, a listen. nice Bible quote you got there, my man. Hey, hey listen. <laughs> listen, guys, I'm trying to bring a real high level of uh, discussion to a movie about yeah. LSD trips. And, uh, so so why, why not? All right, so make, uh, Mandy then wakes up in a kitchen with the mother of the cult as well as the pretty girl who barely says anything in this movie. Then the old lady puts some drops of acid into Mandy's eyes 
And then for the cherry on top, she gets stung with a massive wasp that's soaked in LSD. Like a demon bee is what I believe. <sighs> this thing is fucking huge. It's bigger than a cat. I kind of don't get, it seems like there are more efficient ways to take LSD. <laughs> I mean, the eye drops are an efficient way, but like a wasp sting, it's just kind of, you know, I could come up with a lot better ways to do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but when I spark a joint, I want to get bit in the ass by a horse fly. It just <laughs> makes it the buzz so much better. Is that Does that enhance the high? I say so. I, you know, and it's definitely the ass because it stings, but just enough. Mm-hmm. Just right. Enough. It has to be sativa, though. Otherwise, you'll fall asleep immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Mandy is severely tripping balls when she meets Jeremiah Sands in their living room, who, like Charles Manson, is a failed musician who decided to start a cult because he wanted fame, didn't have the talent to make it. So he just uh, kind of rambles on and on about finding the light while his face slowly transforms into Mandy's face. Then he whips out his flaccid dick and Mandy starts laughing, which makes him very unhappy. I mean, like, you think he could have done her, like, a favor, like, just give him a little slap around, stroke or something. Even as the as a viewer of this film, I would have appreciated, like, you know, at least, like, half cock. Yep, half you know? Yeah, a little half chip. Yep. Yeah, not yeah. not just, like, you know, shrinkage factor. I just keep thinking, like, Seinfeld. Like, him just starting to scream at her, it's shrinkage factor! <laughs> I was in the pool! It was offensive. Also, serious question. Do you think Paco can handle seeing a man's dick no. in front of him? Psychologically? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> nope. This this entire this if Paco's on the podcast right now, this entire five minutes that we're talking at when we talk about this would be edited out. Dude. <laughs> first of all, we wouldn't even be here until twelve midnight because we'd still be in the first five minutes of this movie if Paco was on it. Right. Like, Did you fucking say this, brother? It's like all right. <laughs> it's like all right, thanks. Thanks, Derek. Um, Did you count how many trees were in the forest in that first scene? <laughs> I was gonna say, he's interrupted Max 188 times already. Can we go back? We missed the best part. It's like, all right, well. No. No, no, Derek. <laughs> also, you know, oh, one thing I thought about this, I just thought it was funny. He was like, bad prayers for the Carpenters, man. He's like, yeah, I think the Carpenters are pretty good. Except what about this music? It's like the Carpenters are like, oh, leave us out of this. Please. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with your death cult. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to get out of here. <laughs> So then he cut the Nick Cage for the first time in like 20 minutes and he has his mouth and his wrist tied up with barbed wire. Ouch. Jesus. Ugh. The only comment Biblical. that Nicky had Pinky. was, uh, Ugh, he, he's fat. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> thing she said this entire movie. Yeah. It's an appropriate comment yeah. by Nicky. <laughs> she's, she's not wrong. Right? Not wrong. <laughs> Definitely, this is not from his peak at uh, of Con Air where he's jacked and jacked beyond belief. Yeah, it's up from one week to the next. My God, what, it's amazing what 20 years will do to a guy. Dude, 20 years. It's almost like he just he got on steroids real fast. <laughs> he was apparently in a wheelchair and with a cane right before this movie, and he attributes it to getting him out of the wheelchair and off the cane. Shit you Are not. Are you serious? What? I don't know what he did because what I didn't fuck? even want to know, but... Oh my god. How old is Nick Cage? He's 55. He's 50, right? Yeah, as I say, he's like 50. Oh. oh. Yeah. So good. not old. Is, 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 <laughs> not old enough to marry a cane. Yeah. <laughs> not old enough to be in a wheelchair to cane, no. Um, all right, so Jeremiah then makes a pretty girl devotee play Russian roulette in front of Cage just to show how brainwashed she is. Then he compares himself to Jesus, calls Cage a soulless pig, and stabs him with that big dagger. Okay. This is the part of the movie that I started becoming, now, this may sound crazy, a little confused. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, because I just wrote, oh, you just got stabbed. Like, 
Go on. I just thought that you were going to say more there, Preble. Do tell. <laughs> oh, he's gone. We may have lost we, 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 <laughs> and he's gone. Several moments later. Okay, guys. <laughs> oh I don't God. know what happened here. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but, uh, I thought you were just doing like an Abbott and Costello bit. Dude. dude so I... I don't know. So I, I I don't know what happened, but it was really funny because I finished my like little spiel and then I didn't hear anything, and I was like, "Wow, I really must have blown their minds with my, with my conversation here." And I just was like, and then I looked. I'm like, "Why isn't this working?" And I'm like, "Oh, because Skype just quit on me for whatever reason." So, so that's good. Perfect. Okay, go on. Yeah, so this is where I don't know what you guys heard, but basically my whole premise was You said you were confused. That was it. Yeah, he was just, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Perfect. So I was just like, oh, this is when I started thinking that the movie, that, like, this isn't real, right? Because he gets stabbed by, like, a gigantic blade, and he, again, spoiler alert, he's fine. Like, he Mm. doesn't die, obviously, because he does all this crazy shit. And I was like, oh, so, like, is is this just part of, like, a horrendous acid trip? Like, I didn't understand, like how this how this worked in this world it's lumberjacks bro yeah lumberjack powers i went to a logging conference once with a bunch of lumberjacks wearing make logging great again hats and i gotta say (laughs) tough motherfuckers (laughs) true story that's an amazing story i wish i had stories that cool they wear spikes on the bottom of their shoes i saw people buy several pairs of spiked shoes (laughs) they get up those trees going back into the metal theme loggers Definitely metal. I feel like this is a tipping point of the movie because Sands, who felt rejected for Mandy, uh, you know, laughing at his baby dick, decides to put her in a burlap sack, then burn her alive in front of Cage. And this is also the time when Nikki just put her book down and walked out of the living room. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> Good for her making a principled decision. This guy's a little baby. Like, I've yes. had my baby dick laughed at many times, and I have not had this reaction. You just... You just got to chuck it up to life. You know what I'm saying? Tim, Tim picks himself up, then jerks himself off, and then <laughs> continues on with his day. He's like, right. and, I bid, and I bid you adieu, madam. And, exactly. And leaves. If, if I did this every time some woman <laughs> laughed at my baby dick, I would have done this a thousand times. <laughs> the back bay would be covered in ash. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do. It's, yeah. it's the new killer. Well, the baby dick killer. Well, someone laughed at someone laughed at the baby dick again. <laughs> they know the punishment. Very unexpected, extremely disturbing. And for a movie named Mandy, I was pretty surprised that she died in the first hour. I was very unhappy and very uncomfortable through this entire thing. Yes. So quick quick show of hands. Um who would commit uh, kidnapping, possibly murder for her? Who would what? <laughs> who, would, who would who would commit kidnapping and or oh, yeah. murder to her. capture her have her i mean because i'm de- definitely not on the high end of the 10 scale <laughs> for me the, the consensus here apparently you have to be a solid nine to be kidnapped in this psychedelic monster filled monster filled world i would i would i wouldn't yeah. even come close to kidnapping and murdering for this soft four <laughs> For Mandy. Ooh. Ooh. Really showing her colors here. This is good. You know, I was going to say, yeah, she deserved <laughs> right. it. She was well, ugly. If there are any female <laughs> viewers, they're gone now. They're listeners. Whatever the fuck. They're not I'm listening not to this deserved, I'm not saying she deserved to be burned alive. I'm just saying I wouldn't go through the whole Nick Cage rigmarole. <laughs> what we're all saying here is clearly no one would ever, we would never do this in any circumstance. You this know, Just for all of our employers and future employers <laughs> that are listening to this podcast. Obviously... We would treat everybody with the utmost respect, um, but 
you know, again, obviously we would have to kidnap a solid eight. Again, solid eight. <laughs> yep. Solid minimum. eight. Minimum. Minimum. That's a hard floor. And that's coming from your, that's coming from the president of the United States right there. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny if the pres if the United States fractured into a billion different states and I was the pre, I just called myself the president of the United States <laughs> as I, as I ruled from my, from my box kingdom <laughs> outside of what was once Logan airport. Ugh. Box mania. <laughs> <laughs> the boxarchy. It's pretty great. Boxarchy. It's the recycling bin behind Bob's home furniture. He was once a mighty ruler, and now look where he is. Under my feet. (laughs) All right. um, So, getting back into it here. Cage walks into the house, and then you have the Cheddar Goblin commercial. Oh, my God. (laughs) The fucking Cheddar Goblin commercial. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? Dude, I... Like, Uh, is that a real commercial? I have to... I have to... So... it's got to be. No. Yeah, right? Okay. So, John, you'll appreciate this, too. Um, the Cheddar Goblin. It was directed by an adult swim regular who co-created Your Pretty Little Faces Going to Hell. And he's, oh, he's written Christ. multiple, pretty much every show that's on Adult Swim, he's written at least one or two episodes. What? Yep. What? Huh. So, they just, like, had him, like, just craft up a commercial like yeah. in it's just okay. So I guess they had this movie written like it was already written and done like for two years. So they had time to like kind of just, you know, edit stuff. And they just were talking about like a, a green goblin puppet. They're like, we need the, we should put this in the movie. And like, I don't think it works. Like we're putting it in the movie. <laughs> He's going to throw up mac and cheese all over these little kids. Dude, dude I feel and they're like, going to love it. Yeah. I feel like they had that conversation. This doesn't work with this movie. And they were like, fuck it. We're putting it in. I don't give a shit. We're doing it. It's going in the movie, Todd. <laughs> okay, um, fine. The director's quote for it, because, you know, like Cage walks in and even Cage is looking at it like, what the fuck? <laughs> like he just saw his wife get burnt alive and he's looking at this commercial. He's like, this is, this is ridiculous. This is a lot. <laughs> but uh, the director said, it's like the universe slapping him in the face with its lunacy. <laughs> that was that was a show for this commercial, or it's yeah. fucking flaccid dick. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Cage then has a cartoonish nightmare of his wife's face melting apart. Then wakes up, runs to the bathroom, and pounds an entire bottle of vodka while having a full <sighs> mental breakdown. I love the chug and then scream process <laughs> throughout that. Just like yeah, <laughs> and then cry, sit there for a second, <laughs> keep chugging. <laughs> It's a classic set of uh, Nick Cage screams. You haven't seen those types of screams in a long time. Oh no, that's true. The only thing I the only thing I was really screaming about was that again, in classic eighty style. It's a fucking carpeted bathroom. What, well, it's not what even that. It's, it's the same uh, wallpaper from The Shining on the floor. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same exact. Yeah. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Another eighties homage. Uh, homage, not homage. The H is homage. silent. Homage. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just blacked out. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, so then Cage goes to his buddy's trailer and you meet Bill Duke, a.k.a. the Black Green Beret from Commando. Yes, thank you. Okay. I was like, Whoa. I, I was like, I'm like you're still alive? That's what I said. <laughs> Wait, he's Barely. Predator, Predator too, too, wasn't he? Yeah, he is. He's the guy. He's in Predator. Yeah, he's too. in Predator as well. Oh, God. Dude, what a great movie, Predator. Mm. Indeed. We should have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Took the island of this. We should have watched this. Oh my god! Let's do another. I've always loved him. Though. He shaves himself just with his own sweat. It's great. Oh yeah, yeah. He's obsessed with shaving in that movie for some weird reason. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
You could go back to an Arnold movie and just make it like 10 of the last 13. Just do like a Jesse Ventura month or something. <laughs> you can just cover his speeches from the Minnesota Parliament or whatever. Um, okay. okay. Wait, <laughs> Parliament. <laughs> I'm here in Minnesota Parliament. <laughs> Your Parliament now. Here you I was in the Navy SEALs. You have to listen to me. Because now I'm the head of the Minnesota Parliament. And that's all that we smoke, too. <laughs> and 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> now I'm going to go to Mexico because no one wants me here anymore. Dude. Um, so Cage, he asks, uh, he asks for the Reaper, which is his crossbow. And then he tells uh, Duke what happened. And then he fills us in on all those pesky bikers. Uh, so the biker demons, they're called the Black Skulls, who were once drug uh, couriers who drank a bad batch of LSD which transformed them into S&M mutants who get off on pain and kill everything that they see. It's a story as old as time, you know Indeed. What I mean? Everyone's got it. <laughs> don't do drugs, Every town kids. has a Just black skull demon motorcycle gang. Everyone does have the story, like, I feel like this is a story that everyone has told at some point in their life. They're like, dude, my uncle who did acid in the 60s and went to Woodstock, his friend... <laughs> thinks he's a bottle of ketchup now because he did some bad acid. I feel like I heard that at least 50 times my freshman year of college from 50 different people. Same story, though, which is weird. Right. Yeah. Very weird. It's the most disturbing part of all. Indeed. A- anybody else also notice the uh, the Cheddar Goblin boxes in his trailer? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yep. Like, hey, they have like 70% more cheese than the leading brand, right? Yeah, they do. Just saying, I watched that commercial far too closely. I, <laughs> I needed to scrap for fucking happiness somewhere after the fucking wife burning. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what, though? You know how metal she was, though? She didn't scream. I know. I was going to say that. She didn't make a sound. She's just like, all right, that's cool. I guess I'm burning to death now. All right. Well, now it's time for the real movie. And you get some awesome heavy synth music while Cage is wielding a battle axe with aviators on. <laughs> so fucking metal. Also, where's the blacksmith? Where, where did he just, does he just know somebody? Yeah. How does he get access to a foundry? That's a good, that's a very good point. Just, it, it, they're, they're in Lumberland. He made a mold. Like, it's he not did. like, you know, these things are like prefabbed. He like made this very complex like axe made of like silver. I don't even fucking know. It's crazy. It's the shit though. Yeah, I mean, it's a very cool-looking axe, to be fair, but I... It's something straight out of, like, a fucking Star Trek thing. Fucking Klingon crazy shit. Yeah. Also, we're gonna... I just want to rewind for, like, 30 seconds. So, uh, uh, Sand... Yes? Drop, ...whips his dick out, and he's wearing, like, something straight out of, like, a Star Trek, like, episode God knows what. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's wearing some weird vest tunic thing. It was very Star Trek. It was, like, an alien leader from Star Trek. I feel like I didn't do his dick any, you know, any favors... He's so wide and aggressive. Yeah, the shoulder pads don't really uh, heighten the the dick size at all. No. Mm. No, it does not. Also, this is about the time of the movie. the problem was... You're about two-thirds of the way in. The thing was, it wasn't like a... It wasn't a tiny dick. (laughs) Um... All right, we're, we're going back time to talk about this dude's dick. Okay, yeah, let's go. I was gonna say, <laughs> Doc and Dick. That's a real focal point of the movie. You know, I have to say, like, I'm worried that it was starting to get, starting to get hard because he moved around a lot. That thing didn't shake. No, he was, like, rubbing That's his thighs, point. too. Great thighs. Nothing. Great thighs on that man. <laughs> I mean, he got it with a dick like that. <laughs> I... 
Okay. We'll do so, all right. And it's hunting season, so Cage shoots one of the black skulls with his crossbow and goes to run him over, but his car flips over and he blacks out. So he has another R-rated type He-Man cartoon dream before waking up in the black skull's lair. It, why is this one guy so wet? It's it's gimpy fuckface. Like, That's I, what it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's so gimpy and just creepy crawly and just... It's gross. Yeah. Rough day for Cage. I didn't like it, Max. I didn't like one damn bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so now Cage has got one hand nailed into the floor. He's got another one tied around a pipe. But he's able to get out of it and kill one of the bikers after calling him some bad names. Well, an important fact about this, Max, is that the biker came over and cut his favorite shirt. He did. Which enraged Nick Cage to the point where he uh, beat him with a uh, radiator pipe. Also worth noting, right before he beat him with the radiator pipe, that he called him a vicious snowflake, <laughs> which is what I feel like most Californians are where I live now. <laughs> Very aggressive. But they melt easy. Yes, the cage, he then puts on an armored vest, picks up a box cutter, and starts checking out the house. And it's uh, pretty normal. Not much to see here. Just, you know, you got a dead man with uh, his bloody butt cheeks. Looks like they got kind of eaten apart. And then uh, you got Razorcock. 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 My fucking favorite. Just fuck. Mm. Just a big fucking rusted, drooping, spiky whale cock thing that this guy has just welded onto his crotch. <laughs> so I was texting the guys while watching this, and John goes, "Have you met Razorcock yet?" And I was like, uh, <laughs> "Like I don't, I don't think so." And then when that scene comes on, I'm just Razorcock. Okay. <laughs> Nikki sprints in the room. What the fuck is going on in here, Max? What? Look oh, at it. Looks. <laughs> All I thought, I was like, like, wait, is this guy doing blow and watching oldie timey? Well, not for then. Anyways, like 1980s porn. I was quite, like, <laughs> it's quite the sight to behold because Cage, you know, he sneaks into the living room. This thing's just watching porn, just bobbing headfirst into a 50 pound sack of cocaine. And uh, yeah, and then he's, he's just got that razor dick. I really think that Razorcock is, you know, making up for the fact that he, he can't get it up, you know, by putting this thing on his crotch. I mean... Know him with that much Colombian dancing dust up in their nose. I mean, and I think he has confidence issues. I mean, he's got to be the saddest of the bunch, you know. Mm. He really does. He's watching. He's watching a mustachioed, like mustachioed, like eighties jive turkey plow some poor lady on television, yeah. and he can't get it up to jacket. He wish he could be in a wholesome relationship like this, like that mustachioed man was with that woman. Doing her doggy style. Yeah, man. We, we really got to think of this from the monster's perspective. You know what right. I mean? We got to walk around in his webbed feet. You know? <laughs> this is what we got to do. I think, you know, I think he just needs an image change. You know, they need to get, they need to take some curtains out of that part, place. They need to get some natural light into their house. Mm-hmm. Maybe get a housekeeper, tidy it up a little bit. Then he can feel more confident to bring a woman home and have a nice, healthy relationship with her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I Mm-hmm. I think we could have done him some real good if Nick Cage didn't brutally murder him. <laughs> I gotta ask though, like, what if he forgot? So he's watching the porno and he actually is like, "I'm excited." And he goes in for a stroke, <laughs> but ah, fuck, yeah, upset uh, again. God damn it! <laughs> he's into that S&M shit. He'd probably be like, "Oh, even better." <laughs> I like to mix blood with my cocaine. 
So, yeah, Cage, he kills Razorcock with the box cutter, and he just have a comical amount of blood that start pouring all over Cage's face. Just up. like a water pipe burst under the fucking sink, and it's just like a bukkake of blood. This is, the, this is one of the few times I literally just burst out laughing. I did too. I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is this ridiculous. This is so stupid. It's so funny. <laughs> Cage is laughing too. I mean, he's just fucking losing it. He's, <laughs> he's got his mouth wide open. He's just, yeah, just <laughs> loving it. But that, that is a scene that just tips you over. It's like, okay, this is where this movie's going. And Cage is saying this, like his character is saying the same thing. It's like, this is just, this is absurd. At this point, Cage is in full berserker mode, attacks another biker who is shooting a, a shotgun rounds at him, screaming, you ripped my shirt! <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> then he stabs him, breaks his neck, and then he get a zoom-in shot of just Kung Fu Cage. Out, out of control. <laughs> He's still got it. Oh, yeah. And more. He's still got that Cameron Poe in him. Oof. He is a weapon. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. And then he goes and just snorts a shit ton of cocaine off a broken piece of glass. Fuck yeah. Like, he didn't even snort it. He inhaled it. He just used both his nostrils. <laughs> it was like all over his cheeks. It's everywhere. <laughs> then he finds the jar of funky LSD and whoa, Nelly. Dude. This scene. Face melter. <laughs> this scene startled me, not gonna lie. Was not expecting I was expecting something. I was not expecting that. Yeah, you weren't expecting someone's face to melt in front of you? Like Indiana Jones style. Damn it. I yeah. was God, I was like, first of all, why the fuck would you eat it, brother? Because he, he's just like, well, <laughs> fuck good it. thing he Yeah, he, he's in like this house with which is just like covered in shit. And he's like, what's this? <laughs> do, 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 do. Well he already knows about it too. His buddy I told guess, him about yeah, the LSD. That's true. I think at this point he's just like one in Rome. If you if you have a if you have a bottle of LSD that supposedly turned people into fucking monsters in front of you, are you not gonna do it? I mean, come on, you gotta. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You gotta see what that shit's, shit's like. Yeah, this is these are the real questions that that we need to we need to be asking each other. Mm-hmm. I would peer pressure you all into doing it. <laughs> Tim is relentless. Don't do drugs, kids. Drink it. Come back. Enter enter the font of fun. <laughs> oh god. What's it tastes like Dan? rainbows. <laughs> Come Michael. Join us. Join us. Uh, <laughs> all right, Tim. All right. Trust you. You've been Join us on the since... side of the immortal. <laughs> Tim, you've been very different since you returned from uh, from Australia, but I I like this new direction. What's Australia? <laughs> oh good point. Good point. Good point. Touche, yeah, touche. There's only one biker left, and Cage is not fucking around. So he hits him and the juggler with the axe, throws him into the fire, and then chops off his entire head while screaming, Fuck you! That This final biker fight is literally the fucked up flipper baby from a Dr. Seuss nightmare <laughs> fucking a Power Ranger fight scene. <laughs> and how hard was it for the director to convince Nick to do, like, the chain finisher? Because that's got to bring up some bad memories from Ghost Rider. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's true. Um, also good to love too that he then he goes to pick up the cigarette and he's like looking for a lighter. He's like, where do I, where should, oh yeah. And then he just goes over to the decapitated burning head and just lights a cigarette on that. Yeah. <laughs> then it gets weird again. So then he meets a chemist and none of my notes make sense because at first, you know, you have all this eerie music and then he just turns it off. It's just like, wait, he was listening to that? Yeah. This again, this is what I'm saying. Like I what? thought this was in the background. He's like, oh, hold on, sorry. Boop, cassette done. 
And then second note is, it's, this is Joe Chill. This is the guy who killed Batman's dad in the Nolan movie. It's like, what the Dude, fuck? I just put down Scaramanga because he has a golden gun. I was like, oh, mm. James Bond. They're just mixing everything in here, the things that I love. <laughs> what is he, an LSD demigod? What the fuck is happening? Well, he can read minds, apparently. Also has a tiger in a cage. And he knows it's a good batch when the tiger is calm. <laughs> What's that? You want the tiger to, you want me to let him loose? Okay. It's like, what the fuck? Nicholas, Nick Cage hasn't said anything. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> He's just staring at him the entire time. Nick Cage screams more than he says words in this movie. He, oh, yeah. I thought it would be a funny ending uh, to the movie if the whole movie just snapped back into reality at this point. The tiger just mauled the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and then just everything kind of stopped. The and then the tiger back. was just kind of like patrolling around after it killed them both and it was just kind of like well okay yeah that's that's what happens yep. when you Little let a tiger crates. go what an our house film the last 20 minutes is just a tiger just walking around in a, in a garage <laughs> it's really weird cage gets to the hideout which is a pyramid church in the middle of two mountains also very beautifully lit up in this red and yellow um you know the lighting this whole movie is really cool but uh cage sneaks up on brother swan and just brutally kills him with the butt end of this axe and then spares a young girl. God, God I, damn it. That was so fucking brutal. And the guy was alive, like, the entire time. It's like, oh my yeah. God, this guy is still alive. <laughs> it's a black hole going around his mouth. Profoundly disturbed. That so fucked that, up. Uh, that is what I would define as a higher percentage killer. Yeah. <laughs> Shoving a very sharp metal object directly into someone's mouth and piercing their face. And then pushing Almost. it all the way through the back of their head. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, there are no statistical certainties, but that one's getting close to it. <laughs> That'll do it. Yep. And then you get a very subtle axe throw to the head, killing another cult member. And then you get into this fucking chainsaw fight. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Epic. Here we go. Here I we said go. out loud, too. So Cage, you know, he's walking over to the guy and he just looks down and sees the, uh, the chainsaw. And I just said, yeah, you can pick that up, Nick. <laughs> do it. The thing is just purring for Cage to pick it up. <laughs> and, um... I love all of it, because the guy that he's fighting is huge, and he's holding a chainsaw that's like seven feet long. It's probably one of the more impractical chainsaws I've seen. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This reminded me of, like, playing Doom when <laughs> I was way too young to be playing Doom. But uh, the whole thing that, that's kind of set it up is uh, Cage being the lumberjack, you know, sees a chainsaw, tries to get it started, then this huge guy laughs, leans over behind him, and then picks up that massive chainsaw, and then they just get into this huge, like, chainsaw welding fight. Eventually, Cage throws a bunch of chains around the guy, and then cattle drags him right on top of the chainsaw, just slowly killing him. Yep. <laughs> that'll that'll that, do it. That'll, that'll do it. <laughs> they could have done with some comedic relief there, where it just, the chainsaw kind of takes him off, like, zzz, they just kind of <laughs> <laughs> zoom away. <laughs> Trail of blood and guts. Like. And then I got like a nice, whamp, whamp, whamp. <laughs> Like a little roadrunner music, see him go over a couple of hills. Like, everybody's on acid. If it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to be yeah, right here. Right. Might as well. Yeah, then Cage just takes a marker, draws, draws a circle around him, and then just jumps into hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, so then Cage walks into the neon church, and this is where he should have just thrown that axe on the altar, like the sword and the stone, and just declared himself the metal king of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> it would have made a lot of sense. It would have made more sense than but instead he sees a green glowing cave next to the altar better go check it out yeah. first he walks into the chambers of the mom of the group and she tries to seduce Cage but 
that doesn't really work out well for her. Also, anybody notice like the sunset wallpaper? The same from Scarface. Really? Yeah. I should be looking at this wallpaper more often. It's like you know the scene when Tony Montana kills his like his top boss or whatever um, yeah. in that office, and he had like that cool like sunset wallpaper around him. Yeah. That's what she has in her little like cave room. This woman's making some pretty bold claims about her her prowess in the boudoir. I think uh, Nick yeah. Cage needs to test those theories out. Up until she says, my son says I'm the best lover. It's like, okay. Who oh. writes? Well, have a good day, ma'am. Well, best you don't mind me. You. I'm just going to cut your head off now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. So that's also great, too. So Cage, he walks into this, some like atrium room or something that sands in there acting like a drug god, saying that this is a place of worship and he can't be hurt here. So then Kay just throws his mother's head at his feet and he just starts screaming like a little girl. Yeah, that'll do it to you. And um, then they have this LSD heart-to-heart with both their voices modified. And then in the boss level of this movie, Cage crushes this dude's papier-mâché head with his own hand, saying, I'm your god now. Yeah, now, <laughs> let's, let's rewind. Sand also tells him, yep. I'll suck your dick. <laughs> He does. Like, what do you don't want, kill me. I'll suck your dick. So pathetic. Dude. He's a fucking crackhead. He He's goes from he goes from I am a god to I'll suck your dick, man. To no, bow before me. And then his head head just explodes. He's he's like the only one that like shows any remorse. Everyone else is just dying, but they're like thrilled about it. They're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's the only one who's like, wait, no, 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 hold on. Before he gets his head oberined. <laughs> Some of the John Carpenter practical effects, too. Like, that doesn't... It doesn't even look remotely close to being his own face or his head. No. No. <laughs> Which no. makes it great, though. I love it. Yeah. Welcome back to the 80s. Yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. Cool. And pretty sure Cage had a Vesuvian eruption in his pants after he killed Sands. He's yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> he was like, that was my last note of the movie. I was like, did he just come? <laughs> <laughs> he, just got, he just came in his pants, didn't he? Yeah. But in reality, this scene wasn't all that out of the box. I mean, this this kind of happens like every Saturday morning on the MBTA, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so the movie ends with Cage driving home, thinking back to the first time that he met Mandy at a party. And uh, the only real human moment of this entire movie. And then you also find out why he's wearing his favorite t-shirt, because it's the one that he had on when he met her. And then you get one last shot of Cage covered in blood and smiling like a maniac while hallucinating. Mandy's just sitting next to him. And then you pan out as they both drive through the neon cartoonish LSD woods. Mandy. God, acid is a hell of a drug. Yeah, the background was sick. I thought he was going to kill himself. <laughs> I'm just expecting it. I think it's going to go right over the cliff and it's going to turn into like a rainbow in the movie. It's going to fade to black. Great movie. Sound effects kind of weird. Yeah, no, sound effects are a little off, but you know, and everything else, thumbs up. Mm, that's all, folks. <laughs> it was a very interesting movie, but I thought it was a weird choice to have a laugh track throughout the movie. <laughs> Man, he was filmed in front of a live audience. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is what people decided to go see. All the animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Time for trivia. Not a whole lot, because there really isn't... Nobody's really seen this movie, so... Uh, <laughs> Um, but the Kames uh, Film Festival did, and they had a four-minute standing ovation after the movie ended. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Film Festival. God damn. Yeah. And uh, the director originally wanted Cage to play Sands, and uh, Cage wanted to play Red, so the director just said no. 
And then a year later, Elijah Wood, who was one of the producers on the film, had them meet again, and they were able to reach an agreement. So many strange... Okay, so Elijah Wood was a producer on the movie, Mm -hmm. and the director wanted Nick Cage to play the guy, the villain. Yes. The cult leader? Yep. Mm. Um, And then also, uh, the guy who played the chemist said that he uh, was originally supposed to have a pet lizard named Lizzie, and then he showed up on set, and the director said, oh yeah, by the way, Lizzie is a tiger now. (laughs) Sure. Would you like to try some of this acid and get into get into fucking? It's great. <laughs> no, get in the tiger cage. Yeah, <laughs> All right, time for questions. Who is your favorite and least favorite? Oh man, what a difficult question. Um, I would have to say my least favorite was Mandy, mm. just because she, she just you know she's hard for, and uh, <laughs> she had a creepy face. So there you go. And, <laughs> <laughs> Justified. And my favorite character was the uh, the blonde-haired uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Kid. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> he brought a lot of comic relief to the movie for me. <laughs> sorely needed. How many times did they refer to him as a lard ass in that scene where they're like, oh yeah, we'll just give him to the demons to go just <laughs> yeah. fucking butt rape with razor cack. <laughs> He's an abomination, that lard ass. <laughs> I have to say, I think my God. favorite person in this was actually Mandy. I hmm. just, I was, was like, all right, cool, good for you. Like, or, you know, yeah, she's, as we've all said, she may not be the most attractive, maybe not the fairest maiden in the land. And that <laughs> weird scar she had was like never explained. I was hoping nope. that would happen, but whatever. But, you know, she she just loved Motley Crue and she just like smoking reefer and just drawing some dope shit. So I was like, all right, good for you. Yeah. I liked her. The person I did not like the most uh, was probably that the grandmother, the mother one, yeah. that mother lady. I was like, oh, no. Everything was, about you makes me deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. She was Talking rude, about, too. Yeah. She was also just like, it's just like so obvious, like she's so jealous. She was like, oh, yeah. like you can't believe you, you chose this one. And we even, we have this, this other girl, like this waif of a girl, she's like 18. It's like, she just hangs out too. It's like, it's like, God damn it. Like make a choice. Well, uh, I got to say my favorite. It's up there. 10 out of 10 fucking razor cock, man. You know, I just, I really <laughs> felt for the guy. <laughs> you know, definitely suffering self-esteem issues. You know, I couldn't get it up from the damn near constant cocaine overdose that he was experiencing. Uh, you know, great. You know, he really, really filled the screen. Uh, just, you know, all around great. Uh, my uh, least favorite was the, the lead henchman for Sand. Mm. Brother Swan. And I don't really, yeah, it just, you know, he got the fucking googly eye thing going on. You know, he wasn't nearly like Igor enough. Like he should have been more like, no, master, and just kind of like slithered away. <laughs> but there was none of that. I don't know. He definitely wanted to fuck Sands too. Yeah. It's pretty apparent. Yeah. Instead, he got fucked in the mouth with a giant battle that's what axe, you get. but that's okay. Mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! For me, I'm gonna my favorite. I'm gonna say the Rage of Cage. Anytime he screamed, I was just on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Loved every single second of it. And then at least I'll say Jeremiah Sand. Um, I'll say the actor. He did a great job being awful. So I guess that's a win for him. But the character didn't have like one redeeming quality. You just wanted to make music, man. Then you realize he was terrible. Keebler elf music. With a Keebler elf little dick <laughs> hiding away. Oh, you know what I noticed? So the entire time we've been talking, I've had on my iPad um, a, a snapshot I took of Razorcock's Razorcock. <laughs> and 
It's actually got like a sheath on it, which oddly looks like foreskin. I think so that the was attention to detail on this fucking rusty thing. <laughs> I applaud it. I fucking applaud it. Nikki um, read my text messages of just me and John just talking about Razorcock, and she's like, um, "You just so you know, like that's you can never have like people look at your phone. You realize what would happen, right?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah, "That's true." Actually, when I was texting John, he is a few hours behind me. He was at work. That, hopefully, he wasn't in like a meeting with his phone out, being like, "Hey, let's talk about Razorcock later." <laughs> They'd probably get over it. Fun story from today. I, uh, I, I told a lady I work with that she had the uh, metabolism of a rhinoceros. She did not take that long. <laughs> <laughs> even, even I don't know anything about the metabolism, but it just sounds like an insult. Like, yeah, it just life. didn't work. And like immediately, I was like, no, 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 no. And it, yeah, it didn't land well. <laughs> Razorcock probably would have been a good distraction from that one. Hey, want, want to see this picture on my phone? <laughs> if Marky Mark was in this, what would he be confused about? So I fucking remember the 80s, Ken. And I don't remember any monsters with dicks for cocks. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Razor cocks. Oh, God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> well, um, do you want some water? <laughs> I got a lot of the smart water here that you will make, make you strong and big. Fucking drink it or I'm going to murder you. He would just be laughing about the exposed penis for the entire time. <laughs> you would. Like, Donnie, get over here. Remember that time that that guy showed us his cock on screen? Ha! Wasn't that a good one? I just see the tiger. Like, just straight off SNL. Hey, hey, hey tiger, what, what are you doing? What are you doing in this cage with the LSD? Don't you know drugs are bad, tiger? What are you doing, tiger? <laughs> Say hi to your mother. Yeah, <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. Where all these cartoons and colors come from? <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really curious. This is much better than PCP. I thought dropping PCP and being up Asians was fun, but taking LSD and killing hippies is so much better. <laughs> All right. I was yeah. going to say something about the lumberjacks and motorcycles, but then they turn into robots. But that's okay, too. <laughs> 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 recurring thing. All right. Just how IMDb and Ron Tomatoes have their own rating system, we decided to make our own. So, guys, what would your rating be for this one? I'm going to give this uh, two, two small children just covered in cheese. <laughs> uh over over one really metal axe. That's what I think this movie is. Yay! Yay! Is gremlin? I'll I'll jump in here and say that uh, my rating is um, four extremely racist John Wayne interviews in Playboy um, <laughs> being chainsawed by. Um, being chainsawed by Nicolas Cage uh, while being <laughs> penetrated by Razorcock. Where did the John Wayne thing come from? Oh, he apparently, I don't know. Everyone's, everyone's like up in arms about John Wayne. He apparently said some really racist things in a Playboy interview. Oh, God, I saw that. like, yeah. take his name off the, th- off the airport. It's like, will you guys shut up? The guy's dead. Who gives a shit? Shocker. He lived in the 50s. Everyone was racist. Man born in 1912. Racist. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mine's simple. Um, I give this one, uh, one left titty <laughs> and that's a high compliment because let's face it, mm-hmm. no matter what direction you're looking, the first titty you go for, it's always a left one. I haven't heard that expression in so long. <laughs> I haven't used it in a while. <laughs> it's a good one. Keep that one in your back pocket. <laughs> 
Um, for me, I'm going to give seven raging knife erections out of one quiet evening of chainsaw trees in the moonlight. That's very romantic, Max. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was very poetic. Yes. And that wraps up our Nick Cage March Madness. We started off with an innocent sleeper hit, went into a some bloated blockbuster action flicks, and ended in the present time with a direct-to-video batshit crazy metal movie, which is the perfect Nick Cage story arc. If you want to follow the show, you can find our Instagram and Twitter pages in the episode details. You can also email us at tdbackrow at gmail.com. So until next time, remember, it's not the size of the chainsaw that matters, it's how you use it. Goodbye. I'm rock hard right now. <laughs> well, sir, thanks. Thank you. Goodbye. What do you mean the music doesn't just play? <laughs> oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Wait, the music isn't playing the whole time in the background. Then Max just cranks up his cranks up his stereo at the end. Bill doesn't understand all the technologies because he's up in Maine. It's true. They st- they still communicate through the stage. <laughs> <laughs> think this was a good one for Paco to have sat at. I agree. <laughs> Could you imagine? Again. Otherwise, we'd still be on the first 10 minutes. We'd still be talking about that dick. Everything I'd seen him in, I always imagined that he'd have a bigger dick. Just saying. <laughs> Just really upset. So brave. <laughs> so, so brave. So brave.